Windows Game Pass continues to confound console developers as a sign-in bug has forced a temporary delisting. Plus, a major player is exiting the arcade operation business. Tonight is January 30th, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say uh, even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So, video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. You want to know it's not hogwash? Is this hype train that's happening on Twitch? Before we even started the show, thank you so much for that. We'll give to get to everybody who did subscribe and put in bits. Uh, it's still going on. We'll do that at the end of the show. We're taping this as a podcast. Hello and welcome to a Hype Train edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminiscing about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on Twitch during the Hype Train, uh, thank you so much. We do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash network. Uh, and uh, that's where you can interact with the show directly. Or if you are subscribed uh, to our Twitch channel, or you maybe have been gifted a subscription to our Twitch channel, uh, you can see all the VODs. You can actually see the video of me talking uh, to the screen and not showing anything else. But, you know, really, you're getting uh, everything you can hear uh, on the podcast. Uh, so, yeah, so thank you for that. And if you're wondering what what I'm talking about when I say a hype train, uh, if there are enough um if there, it's basically Twitch bribing you for more money is really what it is. Uh, if enough people uh, like resubscribe or put in bits, uh, which is basically tipping, it's a tip jar, uh, in like a short period of time, it will start a hype train. And then as people donate more, it goes to the next level. And there are these emotes that you can use all across Twitch. And you got to realize on Twitch, emotes are currency. They are king. Uh, and, um, so, uh, you, you, if you contribute to the hype train, you get an emote and they put you on the front page for like, they put everybody that's currently in a hype train, which lasts about four to five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. If you've got a slow burn, uh, because there's a countdown timer. Uh, and so that's what a hype train is. So when you hear myself or Orange Lounge Radio talk about a hype train in the middle of the podcast, that's what it is. At the end of the podcast, I will read out everybody who gifted a sub, uh, so resubscribe themselves, sent in, uh, tipped with some bits, uh, Twitch's currency. All that will be at the end of the show. But I do want to acknowledge and thank you, everybody, uh, for the generosity here as we enter the new year, especially because I just did our taxes for the company. So uh, got to see all the financials and everything. We're so close to not being in the red. So close. Um, but so thank you so much for all of that. Uh, but if you can't be here on Sunday nights, I completely understand. Maybe your team uh, came from behind and is going to uh, be looking at, at really great owls in two weeks. Uh, then you can't be. You're probably not going to be here. Uh, so you, you're probably going to be watching television uh, along with most people, uh, m- most people in America, at least. Uh, but uh, as of right now, not me. Uh, I, I still plan to be here in two weeks because there is no social function uh, for reasons I'm sure you can guess. Uh, so I can watch the game later. 
And uh, so congratulations to the Breakman, by the way, for, for, for his team going to that uh, big sports ball event in two weeks. Uh, so good luck. Um, I remember when my team went to the, that uh, sports ball event, and it was great until it wasn't. Uh, but at least uh, that guy is retired now that caused that to happen. Anyway, this is not a sports ball podcast. Pod culture is already tuned out. He's like, no, you're talking sports ball. No. Um, so, uh, but yeah, we are here. It's a podcast, but you can join our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. There is no sports ball channel on our Discord server, so we don't talk about sports ball. Uh, we talk about geek movies and video games and anime and things like that. So uh, go if you want to join that Discord, you'll also see when we go live, maybe during the week on our personal channels or, or uh, YouTube videos from other people on the network, uh, like Loki's got another episode of his Minecraft series up. Uh, you can find all that out on our Discord. Uh, so yeah, so, um, let's go ahead and get into, uh, some of the big news, uh, or there really wasn't big news. We're still reeling from last week's news, but there were some things that I want to highlight that, that did come out this week. Uh, and this first one is actually not really a news story as much as it is a, yeah, how did they miss this? And I, I, when I say this, I, what I want to make absolutely clear is that this isn't a failing of a QA department because we hear a lot, especially with uh, not necessarily for games like this that we're going to be talking about. But when we talk about uh, like large open world games like a cyberpunk or a Skyrim or, you know, a Bethesda game or, or, or a CD Projekt Red game, uh, they're like, well, where was QA? Now, I want to baseline this by saying is that QA probably found this and they probably filed this. And then management decided what is a game-breaking bug, and management probably got this one wrong. So I'm not going to sit here and say that QA missed this, because they probably didn't. Mike Def says, I'm baffled how they botched this. I am baffled too, but I am not going to lay blame at the QA people, because it's probably a management issue. And so we're talking about Taiko no Tetsujin, the drum master, which was the joke that I've made for the past, you know, cu- couple weeks or last week. I was like, yeah, we went we went live early to talk about this coming to Game Pass. Uh, and then, you know, we made the joke like that was the big news story last week. Ha ha. Ha ha. Yay. Um, so Taiko no Tetsujin, the drum master, which is and you translate it to Japan uh, from Japanese to English. It's the drum master, the drum master. Just just saying that out loud. Um, it's like having an ATM machine, kind of. Uh, that uh, they, they, it, It's coming out on Game Pass. So it came out on Xbox and on PC on, uh, on, on I think, a couple, it was a couple days ago. I can't remember the exact day anymore. And everybody was excited, especially because on PC, it's allowing for mods. You can mod the game because it's built in Unity. So if you know how to mod Unity games and know how to use the decompiler and do all that stuff, uh, you can mod Unity games, and you can mod uh, Taiko no Tetsujin, the drum master, and play it uh, and, and add your own songs to it. So it came out, and we were, we were very excited about, about this. Uh, and I was very excited because I love the series. I've been playing Taiko no Tetsujin. I, I imported it for the PS2, and I actually have a drum controller for the PS2 back in the 2000s. When, uh, you know, and, and because I remember actually playing it when I visited Japan uh, and actually played it in an arcade in Japan. When I th- that one week that I spent in Japan, which is why I tell you I am an expert on all things Japan, because I spent a whole week there. And so obviously I am I, I am 
I'm an expert on everything. I played Taiko no Tetsujin there, loved it in the arcade. Uh, and then uh, it, as it came out with home versions, and then they made Donkey Konga for the GameCube, which was Taiko no Tetsujin, but Americanized. But it's the same game, different type of controller. The, it, it's, it's now coming to Xbox. They had a version that came out on Switch. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but this was the one that was going to be first one on PC, first one on Xbox consoles. And so I was like, this is great. And then it came out on PC. And there was a problem. You couldn't play it. So you downloaded it. It's a very small download. It's actually smaller than the Switch version, by the way. Uh, it is 1.33 gigs on Xbox and on PC. Uh, Taiko no Tetsujin Drum and Fun, which is the Switch version, is 5 gigs. So it's actually a much smaller game than the version that's on Switch. But what happened is you could not sign in on PC. What happened, and I, it's, it's easy for this to be overlooked even if QA saw it, because they probably couldn't reproduce it. The managers probably couldn't reproduce it. The developers probably couldn't reproduce it. So when you are developing a game that is going to use uh, the Windows game, I don't, I don't know exactly what they call it anymore, uh, but but uh, the UWP, the Universal Windows app, the, the, basically a Windows game that's played from the Windows Store, and you're gonna sign, and you're gonna have integration with Xbox, which I'm guessing I think it's the Xbox Network is what they're calling Xbox Live now. I haven't got myself up on the new terminology. When you do a PC game that connects to Xbox, you are required to have a prompt to have the player manually sign in to their Xbox account on first boot of the game. And that is a requirement. It is a hard requirement. And then it can do what's called a silent sign-on anytime after that. But on PC, the user has to acknowledge that, yes, I am going to sign on to Xbox with this program. And it's pro there's probably a security reason behind it. They do not have this requirement on Xbox because Xbox is more of a closed ecosystem than the PC. So this is probably some kind of security measure because of the openness of PCs. And, uh, you know, really the client is in the hands of the enemy uh, when you're talking about client server authentication and things like that. And when you are have easily moddable games on a PC, uh, and especially if they are also allowing you to modify it uh, by allowing mods, uh, they probably want that extra layer of security. So they put that in there. Unfortunately, the uh, Namco Bandai the, the, and the Taiko no Tetsujin developers did not code in a way to trigger a manual sign-in. So you would go, you would launch the game on PC for the first time, and it'd be like, oh, you need to be signed into Xbox Live for this game to work. Close the game, sign into Xbox Live, and sign back in. Because it's trying to do that silent sign-on, that passive sign-on, which it can do every other time the game is opened, except for the very first time. So all it lets you do is it lets you quit the game. Because they did not make anything, and they did not write anything into the PC version to do a manual sign-in. Because for Xbox... You don't need to do that. That's not part of the Xbox experience. You load the game signed into Xbox, 
Whereas on PC, the game launches and then the game signs into Xbox. So it's a completely different way of them talking to each other. And SJ when I'm at says, someone thought copy and pasting code, code would work. Theoretically, it's not even copy pasting code. It's the same game that's running on PC and Xbox. They just have different, and if you know C or C++, they've got a lot of if def and if and def uh, defined code blocks. Whereas if you are compiling to Windows 11 or Windows 10 or Windows 11, it puts in these things at compile time. If you're compiling to Xbox, it puts this other code in compile time. So they probably, it, they're actually running the same code base. So, it is, but they don't, like I said, they probably built for Xbox first and they're like, oh, well, we can also put it on PC. And it's a very, it's not a very heavy lift to put it on PC. Unfortunately, there are things like this for security reasons that they didn't catch, uh, that the developers couldn't catch. And QA probably said, oh, hey, this doesn't work. And the developers probably were like, well, it works for me because they were already signed into Xbox on their machine. So they opened up the game. Uh, they may have even uninstalled the game and reinstalled the game. And it looked in the registry and said, Oh, you've already signed into Xbox live, but they probably didn't have the resources to verify it on a completely clean install of windows. So it didn't become a problem until they launched it on the PC game pass or on, on PC game pass. And everybody started downloading it and everybody started having problems. Now, the saving grace is if you want, if you want, really, really want to play it on Xbox or on PC, because they are allowing mods. Uh, first, you have to go in the the Xbox app on your PC and uh, like tick the box that says this game should allow mods. And since it's a Unity game, somebody very quickly decompiled uh, the Unity source, basically what they can do to to modify portions of it and added in a mod that skips the sign-on requirement and just takes you straight to the main menu. And so you can play Taiko no Tetsujin on PC with a mod that essentially skips the title screen. That's all the mod really does. It skips the title screen. Um, and it, it might even listen to, like, if you get that error, it just automatically skips the title screen and continues on. Uh, so that's the unofficial way to do it. So you can do it now. Or you can wait for them to patch it in. And they don't have a timetable for that. In fact, if you go to Game Pass, PC Game Pass, Taiko Nintetsujin is not there. They have removed it, and they have delisted it off of the PC store temporarily. Now, I already had it downloaded, and it said I can, I can still launch it. It's still part of Game Pass, but they took it off of the forward-facing store. So you can't even get it right now. S. Jernamat says, does it work on xCloud streaming? Um... I don't know if this game is on the streaming, but if it was on the streaming, that's running the Xbox version. Uh, the xCloud streaming are, is running on Xbox architecture, not PC architecture. So if they put it on streaming, which I'm not sure if they would because this is of the latency, because this is a very, very latent, like latency is going to would kill a rhythm game like this. So I don't know if they would, even though I know like Luminous is on cloud streaming and, and stuff like that. But but a game like this, I don't know if I'd want to play it streaming. But if it did, if it was on the streaming, it would be the Xbox version, which works fine. Mike Def says, I don't think it is. Yeah, and I don't think, I think it's more just the nature of this game wouldn't work over streaming. The Xbox version 
works. And I'm using my quotey fingers. It works. Uh, so I played it on my Xbox Series X. Now, I am also at a very, very big disadvantage uh, because where my Xbox Series X is, it's in a very nice 4K theater with a projector and everything. It's really great. Unfortunately, when you use a projector, you're automatically introducing latency. And when you're using a wireless controller, like your Xbox controller is probably wireless, uh, and maybe your Xbox is in a cabinet behind a wall, uh, you're going to get a little bit of latency there too, which is not really a problem in most games. But when you're doing something that has timing, even like a 100 millisecond timing it off, being off, kills you. And it was really difficult to play on Xbox. The time, like I actually had to hit the buttons well before, and by well before, I mean maybe like a 16th note ahead of when I actually wanted them played. And if you were off, if you were late, the sound was late getting back to you. And then you get off even more because you're hearing your drum sounds. I actually wound up having to turn off the the sound effects. So I couldn't hear what I was doing and just have the sound, the music coming through. And I was able to do a little bit better. But I was, like, barely able to pass some medium songs some, because they got easy, medium, uh, hard, and then extreme or something like easy, normal, hard, extreme, super extreme. I don't know. So I was playing on the second on normal mode. And I had to go down to easy to tr- even pass some songs. And I think that's that's because of my setup and everything. But I, I've seen some other people that have the Xbox version and played the Xbox version say, yeah, the timing's kind of off a little bit. Even if you do the calibration. They do have a calibration. You even get an achievement for calibrating your system, by the way. It's five gamer score. Go get it. Um, so they So that was kind of the issue I had. And then I went to... My Switch, and I downloaded the latest version of Taiko no Tetsujin uh, Drum and Fun, which came out in 2018 for the Switch. Uh, and I'm passing songs on hard and stuff like that with no problem. I'm full comboing songs on hard, uh, and I'm playing in handheld mode, so there really is no latency because they know exactly what that is. Uh, so it's not my capability. It's not my ability to play Taiko no Tetsujin. Uh, I, I did fig- figure that out, that I just didn't get worse in my old age. And Mike Depp says your audio system could be off depending on how it's hooked. Yes, it, it, there's a lot of latency with my audio system as well, uh, I'm sure, because they, it's designed really for movie streaming like or for movie watching. Uh, so the, the latency isn't that bad. but And it compensates, and that's where you get more of the latency where what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is in time, but it's delayed so they can all be in sync. And as Sharon Matt says, I really wish they allowed for button mapping instead of just three presets. I want to map things to the trigger and bumper buttons rather than the front-facing buttons. Yeah, and so there's a lot of things that are in Taiko no Tetsujin, the drum master, the Xbox and PC version, which has rubbed people the wrong way. Like, now there's a currency system in-game, and that's how you unlock new songs, and you unlock new outfits, and those reset every 24 hours. So you And you, get, you only get, like, especially if you're terrible like I am, at the Xbox version, uh, you only get maybe 100 points for a song. And to unlock a new song, you need 3,000 points or 3,000 coins. And so you've got to play 30 songs just to unlock one song. And those songs rotate. You get five songs available a day, and then they rotate. Uh, So that was kind of... So I was not thrilled with that 
unlock strategy when that's not the way drum and fun on the switch works. Um, so yeah, as Matt says, passing a standard song doesn't net you a lot of coins. Yeah. But the, you need 3000 coins to unlock a song. I was excited about this and now I'm a little bit less excited. Now, maybe, maybe when the PC version gets patched, by, because I'm not going to use the, the the mod personally. Like I, I I got better things I can do with my time and just wait for Namco uh, to 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 fix their sign on thing. And Mike Def says online mode gives you 200 coins if you win and 100 coins if you have a streak going, but it's still too low. Uh, how how much if you lose? Because if I played online, uh, that's all I'd be doing is because I even played online. I think on the Switch version back when it first came out and I got destroyed. Um, you you have to be good to win in online mode. So. Uh, yeah, but let this be a lesson to people that are going to be making Xbox games and porting them to PC. R- read the the Xbox specifications for signing into Xbox Live or whatever they're calling the Xbox Network now, uh, because uh, you can't do a passive sign on the first time somebody launches your game on their PC. Mike Def says twenty coins, so I get twenty coins for playing online mode. No, I'm not going to do that because I would never win. Never win. I actually tried. I think playing. Uh, the two-player... Oh, I played the two-player mode on the Switch version against the CPU, and I got destroyed, too. So uh, I don't like the two-player mode because it, there's, like, attacking and, you know, it messes with your time. Anyway. Anyway, I was very excited about this coming out for PC, and now I am not so much. Uh, but if they fix the sign-in issue, and then it's going to be what type of mods come out, what type of modded songs come in, uh, things like that. Uh, that that's going to be where the longevity is. But at least it's a very small download. So if you downloaded it, it was only 1.33 gigs off your data cap. And then if you deleted it because you didn't want those coins, uh, then then you really didn't lose that much. So, But you can't get it on PC Game Pass right now. And Mike Def says, not to mention the lag can mess you up back. Well, that, that, that happens to me in the single-player version as well. But So my recommendation is if you have a Switch, get Taiko no Tetsujin Drum and Fun. Uh, it goes on sale pretty often, and it's got a whole lot of... Uh, it does have a lot of DLC, but it also has some pretty good free packs. And in fact, the free packs that are on there, one of them actually adds a lot of the songs that are in the PC... Uh, that are in the base game of the PC version. Uh, but they have a lot of games... Uh, like I think all the songs that are in the PC version are either in the base game of the Switch version or available as DLC. So if you really want the Undertale songs, that's a $5 DLC. But they've got, I think, like 20 songs are free because they did like an anniversary pack that was free that added like 15 songs or something like that. So I'd suggest getting Drum and Fun on the Switch. Uh, I know it, it does, it's not going to be on Game Pass, uh, but I would suggest getting that for the better experience. And then if you play it in handheld mode uh, with the buttons... Uh, then it's an even better experience. Like I, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at it in button mode on in handheld mode because you're not dealing with any lag from your AV system. If you like playing PC games in handheld mode, and I don't know, maybe maybe the Drum Master would be good on this. The Steam Deck. Remember the Steam Deck, not to be confused with the Stream Deck. It's the Steam Deck. They're finally shipping uh, on February 25th. So in about a month from now, uh, Valve is going to be sending out the first batch of order emails to reservation holders. So if you remember, Steam Deck had a reservation period. I think it was like $5 to put your, put your name down for a Steam Deck. 
And that way, like everybody could get on the list. And then, you know, when they when they get more allocated, then they just go down the list. And that's exactly what they're going to go here. So customers will have three days or 72 hours from receipt of their order email to make their purchase before their reservation is released to the next person in the queue. Uh, The first units will be on the way to customers starting the 28th, and then they plan to release new order email batches on a weekly cadence. In addition, they are sending out press review uh, press units for full review. Uh, the press embar- the press review embargo on Steam Deck coverage will lift on February 25th, uh, but there will be some preview coverage and impressions uh, before that. Uh, and then they're working to tie up some of the last few loose ends and polish some some rough edges, and are excited to get them out uh, these out by the end of the month. So, if you spent that five dollars uh, starting on February 25th, you're going to want to check your email and check your spam folder. Because if you are up in line, they will be like, all right, here's how much it's going to cost. And you need to give us this money within 72 hours. And if you don't, then you're off the list. Your order goes to the next person. And you probably, I don't know if you can, now this, this blog, I'm actually reading from the steam blog here. I don't know if this means you get your deposit back. I don't know if you get your $5 back or if they just keep your $5 for posterity and say, ha ha, look, look what we got from you. Um, and, and, you know, then, you know, if you don't take it, somebody else is going to get it. And Zen Monkey 11 says almost in time for my birthday, but I think they'll be sold out forever. I don't think valve is good with mass production. It's a shame. Steam deck looks cool. Uh, the thing is, they're not they're not selling them in the traditional sense. They're they're not their sales sales model is not the traditional way of doing it, which is something they have learned from the HTC Vive and the Valve Index. What they did is they allowed people to pre-order and spend five dollars to get a spot in line. So yes, you will not be able to ever go to like I don't expect you to ever be able to go to Valve's page and buy a Steam Deck right then and just hit the button and pay the full amount right then. What you have to do is you have to put your five bucks in to get in line. And then every week they will next they go to the next row in line. So it won't sell out in the sense that there's they sell out of all their inventory. They're actually sending them out as they manufacture them. And however many they can manufacture, that's how many people they contact from the line. I like this way of doing it. I actually wish more things did things this way. Um, Imagine, you know, everybody was trying to get a PlayStation 5, and PlayStation 5 sold out. Well, if they had done this setup, if you you would basically then pre-order the PS5, and they could have even said, yeah, if you pre-order it this time, you'll probably get it in May, which is not November. It is still seven months after launch, but at least you would know. And you would know when you were getting it, and maybe that would dissuade you from going to a scalper to go get it sooner. Because you'll never know when you'll be able to get a PS5. But if you you knew, hey, I've got a PS5, my spot in line, I'm going to get a PS5 in May. Yeah, it sucks it's not November when the console's coming out, but I know that I'll be getting it in May. I think that's better than just saying they're sold out. Keep checking, and maybe we'll turn on the link again, and you have five seconds to beat all the bots. It's a made-to-order system, and I actually like the way that they do this. I want more things to do it this way. Um, Tiger Claw says they're trying to beat the scalpers. Yes, I mean, people will still scalp them because they'll be like, I was early, so you can sp- you can pay me an extra $500, and you can get my early unit instead of going to the back of the line like you would right now. 
just keep that in mind. If you did pre-order one, I did not. I um I thought about it, but I don't have a use for a Steam Deck. Uh, I think they're cool, uh, and I think that it's going to be great for some people. Uh, but keep a watch on your email uh, and check your spam folder because once you get that email, the clock is ticking. You have 72 hours to decide. And if you uh, refuse to decide, you've still made a choice. And so you can, uh, so you'll need to actually either say yes or just let it go. And then the next person in line will get your Steam Deck, and then you're you're out. And the last story I want to talk about had a little few of uh, a few headlines that got some people worried and upset, and it's a little bit it's not as big of a deal as it's people are making it sound but let's talk about the arcade business and not the arcade game creation business not the arcade development business but rather the arcade operation business the actual physical building where people go to play arcade games a major player in Japan is finally getting out of the business and everybody's like oh no there's going to be no Sega arcade games anymore no that's not what this is Silicon Era reports that Genda announced that it is renamed Genda Sega Entertainment to Genda Gigo, G-I-G-O, Entertainment after acquiring 100% of the company's shares. It also revealed plans to rename all existing Sega arcade centers to Gigo in well, as well. So these are the huge Sega game centers that whenever anybody visits Akihabara, they take a picture of themselves in front of the giant five-story Sega arcade. Uh, I know this because I spent a week in Japan, and I totally did this when I was there. Do I have the picture set ready to show you? No, I don't. But... I did it. I do have a picture of me in front of the club Sega in Akihabara. Like anybody, any gamer who goes to Akihabara, they have a picture in front of it. It's not going away. That arcade is not going away. They're just going to take off the Sega branding off of it. Uh, the company's chairman, now Kataoka, explained on Twitter that Gaigo is short for Get Into the Gaming Oasis. Sega's arcade centers in uh, Ekibukuro, Akihabara and Shinjuku will be the first ones to have their names changed. Other facilities across Japan will follow afterward. Uh, when Genda acquired a majority of Sega Entertainment shares in December of 2020, it only obtained 85.1% of the stocks. At that time, Sega owned 14.9%, so it still had some say in the company's decision-making process in 2021. For example, Genda had to retain Sega's name on arcade centers and the Genda Sega Entertainment Company. The latest announcement revealed that Genda purchased the remaining stocks owned by Sega. This means Sega no longer has a hand in the arcade facility management company as Genda now fully owns it. Despite, uh, despite the massive name change, Geigo is not an unfamiliar name for Japanese arcade fans. The name appeared on the Sega uh, Ikiburo Geigo building that closed down in September of 2021. When Genda opened a new arcade facil uh, facility nearby in October of 2021, the company simply named it Sega Ikibukuro, uh, which I am terrible at announcing pronunciation of that name. I apologize. In the near future, it will just rename the facility to Geigo. Um, and in fact, when I was looking up uh, our YouTube's uh, that, that I wound up like I didn't want it. There were none that I really were really what I wanted is B-roll. Uh, even YouTube videos that were seven years old were called Sega Geigo. Like, so it is not an unfamiliar name. Um, it's it, it's more like Dave and Busters, except now it's called Busters. Like Dave's out. 
Um, you know, it, it, it's if you're native to Japan, that's what this more seems like. It's like, oh, well, they, they were running them together, and, and now they're not. So, as Sheridan Matt says, wasn't Sega Sammy part of their arcade business, or were that dissolved or renamed? So, um, one thing to note is that the Sega Entertainment Division that managed these arcades is a completely separate part of Sega than the people that made arcade games. So this is literally just the management of a physical arcade location. That's all that Sega got rid of. They did not get rid of making arcade games. They did not get rid of any arcade game development or any arcade game support. Um, They got rid of the management company. Questbuster says Sammy Corporation mainly uh, created games for the arcades, including Pachi Slots. Sega did both. So the Sammy portion's not touched because the Sammy portion didn't operate an arcade. That Sega's still going to be in the business of. This is not as big of a deal as some people are making because everybody thought Sega is getting out of the arcade business, period. That's not what's happening here. Akuma JP says, I never took any picture of Akihabara. That's because you live in the area. Like, I don't take pictures of me in front of buildings here in Atlanta, uh, but everybody else does. And uh, I am I am an expert on all things Japan because I spent one whole week there in 2002. So I am totally an expert. And and if English is not your first language, I am completely being sarcastic about being an expert on all things Japan just because I spent there a week. I'm playing the ignorant American trope. So uh, I am not an expert. On, on Japan. I promise you. I'm, I'm saying that. I'm trying to say that sarcastically, but I understand that some people were maybe English isn't their first language. They're not picking up on it. So, uh, yeah, but I spent a whole week in Japan. As Sharon Matt says, New Yorkers don't pay, take pictures at the Statue of Liberty, unless it's ironically. I, I have a picture of me at the Statue of Liberty at some point, too. We're going to take a quick music break. And uh, so I can rest my voice. And maybe if somebody wants to call in about any of these things, we actually have some time. Go to our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Hop into the Green Room voice chat channel. And uh, we can uh, talk about anything going on in the gaming industry. If you want to talk about more about what happened last week or something else. Or maybe your favorite memory of arcades or what maybe arcades needs to do. Uh, other than wait for the world to get back to a place where we can go to uh, locations like that. Um, but what would an arcade need to do? Uh, once the thing going on in the world is more manageable, uh, what would an arcade need to do to get you to go back? Because part of the reason Sega also got out is before 2020, uh, arcades kept closing. I think they had like 23,000 arcades in the 90s and the two, or, you know, in that era. And I think there are only 4,000 arcades in Japan in tw- in 2020 or in 2019. Uh, and so there's less now. Uh, because of everything going on. Um, so, uh, yeah. So you can call in and talk about any of that. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show. You're in the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash network. That's right. We have... Uh, the new uh, Pokemon Legends Amadeus, Amadeus, Rock Me Amadeus, 
where it's like the Pokemon actually like attack you and kill you, and it, it's apparently that came out this week. Uh, and uh, so that that's me getting chosen as a Pokemon master. If you want to leave a bumper, uh, you do not have to be a kick, uh, Video Games Live Kickstarter reward, which is what that actually was. Uh, you can just uh, contact me and send me an MP3 or, of just your voice or a video with just your voice. I will choose what DMCA violation to put in behind it uh, and uh, in saying that you're coming back to the Bobby Blackwell Show. And apparently, yes, I am a Pokemon, the Breakman. Guess what? We actually do have a caller in the green room. So guess what? We're actually going to take a call. So we're going to bring this person in. Uh, so uh, Bobby Blackwell Show, you are on the air. Who is this? Hey, this is Mike Deft. Mike Deft. What's going on, man? Well, we have to talk about the the most important release of this, of this week, which is Taiko no Tetsuin. Although, yeah, we already talked about it, but I want to give some of my impressions of it on, on Xbox, too. Okay. Yeah, because you're a little bit better at this game than I am because I went and, uh, you know, I was playing it on my Xbox. And I'm like, well, I wonder how I stack up with my friends. And you were the only other one on the leaderboard, except you were all the way over on the extreme leaderboard. And I'm like piddling around <laughs> on easy. And so I'm like, well, that's all I needed to know. So so tell me about your experience with it. Well, basically, the if if you like Taiko no Tachigen, this is no different from any mm-hmm. of the other uh, versions out there, the PlayStation 4, the Switch version, even mobile versions. Um, and if, if if you like Taiko, you're going to like this one fine. Mm-hmm. But like we already said uh, during the show that uh, the, the thing that most people, uh, at least for me, it's like are pretty much like don't like is the, is the unlock system because mm-hmm. if you buy something like drum and uh, fun on the Switch, mm-hmm. You get pretty much all the songs unlocked from the start, mm-hmm. uh, so you don't have to like, oh, I have to to earn them. I have to play enough songs to get uh, the rest of the song list. No, you you get all from the start. In mm-hmm. this case, I, I wouldn't mind the unlock system if it were at least a little bit more cheaper, like one thousand coins for a song, and maybe five hundred for costumes mm-hmm. and. And all the all the rest of stuff, and that's the thing with this game, and that, that that's what bothers me a lot. It's not only the songs you have to unlock; you have to unlock the rest of the of the of the things. Mm-hmm. Like for example, and and maybe a spoiler for the game, but it's like whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the achievements you can get is playing with the fart sounds on. There's a fart achievement in this game, but to get the fart. Uh, uh, sounds you have to unlock. You have to buy it from the unlock system. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for for those completionists too, this game is is a horror. It's a, it's like a nightmare because mm-hmm. you have to wait for it to appear in the store and be lucky to have. Even if it's like five hundred coins, it's still it's five hundred coins. You're gonna you're not gonna use uh, to get another song, which are three thousand coins, yes. and that's really really bothersome yeah no i finally got three thousand coins because i think the uh the song that i cared about that was in that rotation that night i was playing on xbox was uh, i think it was from ridge racer 4 i think it's the one that yeah. that showed up uh and i got like just like i was like oh god i gotta play like four more songs and you know suck at them and easy to get this you know get this song unlocked because like there was like yeah they're gonna refresh in an hour because i was playing at night uh, I did see you can spend one thousand coins to automatically refresh, but that's still 
a thousand coins. And so, (laughs) yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, me too. That that same night when when it launched, uh, I started and there there's a Klonoa song, mm-hmm. so I had to. It's like I have to get it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like I, oh my god, three thousand coins. I I pretty much what I did and pre- it's this is like my tip for the game. It's like play the the songs that have like sparkles on it. Yes, that's your dailies. They, they give you a bonus. Yeah, those are your dailies, so you can go in and get your dailies. And they give you a bonus, and they but they don't tell you this. Yeah, <laughs> like they they don't they they're like you see these sparkles, but it doesn't tell you what the sparkles are. There are a couple things in here it doesn't, and, and so since you're here and you you've played more than I have, some of the songs uh, have like it's a little yellow circle with like it looks like a shuffle icon uh, on, on the notes, but I can't figure out what that actually means. Okay, okay. That that means it's it has uh different notes depending mm-hmm. on how well you're doing. Okay. Uh one of the clearest examples is uh one of the Undertale songs. I think yes. it's Hope and Dreams. Yeah. It has that that icon. And if you're doing like if you have a a combo going from the beginning, you have a really good mm-hmm. score, it will give you harder uh, notes okay. and if you're like losing or if you're you're not doing that well it will give you easier notes that's okay. that's what the, the icon means yeah so because like when you play the song it actually shows like normal in the in the far right and for me it never got away from the normal and i think maybe that was just because i was not doing well or be- or not well uh i was kind of in the middle uh be- probably because of the calibration and me trying to play it um so yeah but like it didn't explain it anywhere where the you know yeah, what most, that most was. of the of the of the things in Tyco and this is in general it's not only at the Xbox version it's in general yeah. they don't explain too much what yeah. they do or what they mean you have to like really really go into like settings or even yeah. investigate online uh, on yeah. Google to yeah. find out what they mean yeah they don't have the like well even the settings it, it's just like yeah and any special things will be shown here and that's it I'm like but 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 what does that mean so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, but other than that, like it is, you know, other than that and not being able to remap, uh, they have three default mappings and none of the mappings are the ones I want. Um, and so not being able to remap, um, other than like, I do really enjoy like the Taiko no Tessujin series. It's a very good introductory series to Japanese yeah. rhythm games. Uh, it is not easy. Uh, you can just say, oh, well, it's only, you know, you know, Don and Ka you know, hitting the head or hitting the rim, and that's it. And it doesn't matter that that's all it is. It's still extremely difficult, and it can get very yeah, difficult. It's really easy to, like, learn or at least yeah. to understand. Yeah. But, like, playing the, the lower difficulties, mm-hmm. but it's really difficult to master. If you yeah. if you see the Oni songs or mm-hmm. the, the extreme difficulty, yeah, it's like, some of the songs are almost look impossible to to yes. do, and and they they kind of are, and it's but and it's way more impressive when people actually play on the drum. Yes, and like uh, full combo, perfect combo. Yes. Those uh, songs is like really impressive. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I also like Taiko no Tatsujin in general because it's a it's a really enjoyable game, but it also like really pushes you to to do better yeah. and, and really appreciate the music too. Yeah. So I am I am disappointed that it's a uh, it's PC and Xbox debut has been uh, kind of kind of kind of a downer for me. But Drum and Fun is great. So if you have a Switch, get Drum and Fun. 
and it has the online mode. It actually has all those songs because there was that yeah. welcome pack that added like all those songs that you're talking about that like you would normally have to like buy, you know, buy for 3000 coins. Uh, there's like this free pack that has them and it's got a whole bunch of DLC for additional songs, but there's a lot of content yeah. in that base game. Yeah, most of the songs in Drum and Fun are in, uh, well, vice versa, in, in the Drum Master mm-hmm. are in Drum and Fun. So you're not missing too much, except for like uh, one, uh, two or two songs that are new to the franchise, which are the Tales of Arise song yes. and the Scarlet Nexus song. That, right. Those are the two uh, that are totally new. Yep. Other than that, all of the songs, or mo- not all, but most of the songs yeah. are in Drum and Fun, and yep. the DLC is. Uh, even though it's not cheap, right. it's kind of worth it. And there's, yeah, and like you said, there's so many free packs yeah. that it will add so so many so many yeah. stuff. Like those Undertale songs, that's like a five dollar DLC pack yeah. to get the Undertale songs in a Drum and Fun. And Drum and Fun has a song that is not going to be in the Xbox version. Drum and Fun on the Switch has Jump Up Superstar from Super Mario Odyssey. You're not going to get that on the Xbox version. So the other thing you're you're not not also not going, (laughs) you're not also going to get the Splatoon two song. Yeah, the Splatoon two song, and also the Kirby medley. Yes, those three songs that are explicit to Switch. Yes, (laughs) Yes. Uh, but the other thing you're also not getting when you get the Switch version is you're not getting it for free with your Game Pass subscription. So I completely understand as well. But the uh, Drum and Fun goes on sale pretty often on the on the Nintendo eShop. So I would actually suggest getting that if you want to get into this. Uh, Anything else on your mind? Uh, only that I'm excited for Pokemon Legends Arceus. I haven't gotten my copy yet. Okay. But I'll probably, if I get to play it this week, I'll probably call next week to talk about it. Cool, because that is a game I was watching some of that, and I'm like, yeah, this is a little bit... I'm not into <laughs> Monster Hunter. Uh, so, like, I'm not into the... And this really feels like Monster Hunter cross Pokemon Snap. And so I'm like, I, I played Sword. And, you know, I was like, okay, that's cool. But, like, I am not deeply invested in Pokemon. So I'm going to watch other people stream it and have other people tell me how it is. Uh, and I can pass that information along. So I look forward to that. Will do. All right. Thanks for calling, Mike Deft. Thanks for having me. So, uh, all right. So, like I said, you can call in as well. There's a Green Room voice chat channel on the Vogue Network Discord, uh, vognetwork.com slash Discord, uh, and you hop in there during the music break, and if I see you, I will pull you in, and we can talk about uh, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, and then uh, and, and E3Veal says there's stealth in, in Pokemon Legends. Well, then that's right out. Like, there's I don't do any stealth. Uh, I actually just recently, uh, I, I did finally recently start Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, the game that came out like in 2018, 2017, something like that, uh, because I had gotten the complete edition and there's stealth in the tutorial. I'm like, screw this, out. And then I read something that's like, yeah, that's literally the only time you ever use the stealth mechanic. Uh, every other time, especially if you play on story difficulty, which is what I'm doing, you don't need stealth. So I'm now like five hours or six hours or five hours into uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, that game everybody played like four years ago. I'm playing it now. But what we're also playing right now, or actually up next, here on the Voice Geeks Network, is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do, and we like to check in with them and see what they're going to be talking about and what they've been playing, because it's going to be a little bit different than what I've been playing. Uh, So we like to check in with them. Uh, Sacramento, are you there? Hi, I'm here, Bobby. How are you? I, I am doing well. Uh, so I know you've played uh, the new Pokemon Amadeus, Rock Me Amadeus. I don't know how it's pronounced. I, I don't. I think you don't even like the official pronunciation. 
Uh, Correct. Yes. Pokemon Legends Arceus. Arceus. Okay. Because it's what really like Arceus or is what they claim it is. Uh, I think they're saying Arceus or Arceus. Okay. Amadeus. Amadeus. Rock me, Amadeus. So how you're more into that? Like you've played mm-hmm. more like the Monster Hunter type stuff than I have. Like not much, but like I haven't played really any of it. So how, what are your first impressions of this? Is it is a more open world Breath of the Wild? type of Pokemon experience than like Sword, Shield, or any of the previous games? To to be clear, I'm actually, I've tried to get into Monster Hunter several times, and the only time it clicked for me was the Final Fantasy Explorers, uh, which was kind of like the the Mon Hunt version that Square Enix did. I've really tried to get into the main Monster Hunter series several times. It just, it never clicks for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pokemon Legends, though, it clicks for me, which is interesting because there are those elements um, that don't usually work for me, like the stealth and um, some of that, you know, the, the almost the too much open world, but it, it really works for me, honestly. I, I don't think the stealth is that bothersome because the penalty to failing stealth is not the, the stakes aren't that high. And I think that's kind of what um, kind of makes it for me. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, a lot of people are saying it's like, oh, Breath of the Wild meets uh, Pokemon. And, and to some extent, yeah, I see where that comes from. It is is much more open world, even than Sword and Shield, which were like, you know, big open world um, Pokemon. Um, but, you know, they introduced kind of the crafting idea and the limited bag space and the fact that you collect these things out in the open world that you use for crafting uh, things to help make the stealth mechanic easier to, um, you know, distract Pokemon and, and things of that nature. Um, but along those lines, um, actually, I think the difficulty of the game is kind of hard in some places. Like it's I, I'm used to in the mainline Pokemon games that you can really steamroll through the gym battles if you just have the right team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, Pokemon still deal a fair bit of damage in the battles when you do those. And, um, you know, if you don't, you, you kind of have to keep the revives and the potions going. So it's a very interesting sort of um I don't know, mechanic, but I like it. It, it makes it very rewarding. I'm, I'm really enjoying my time with um, Pokemon. It 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 may be my favorite one. I'm not sure yet. I don't know mm-hmm. if I want to say that because Shane might be watching, and I don't know if I want him to hear that yet. But uh, it may very well be my favorite Pokemon game they've made. And is it because it is kind of more of like a, a aimed at maybe more grown up or at least, you know, a little, little bit of an older audience because it's of adding in all the complexities that you're talking about more so than uh the the traditional pokemon turn based games I think it's part that, part the fact that they've taken a more, you know, side quest based approach and there's many things to do in the world than just the one story. I think that's very interesting as well. I also like that they've fundamentally changed what the Pokédex is all about because usually, you know, you uh, see a Pokémon, you kind of get a half check in your Pokédex, you capture a Pokémon, you get a full check in your Pokédex. Is basically how the series has worked for forever now. But now it's much more deeper than that. Now it's, you've got to catch uh, one, two, four, eight, 10 of these Pokemon. You got to catch them without them seeing you. You've got to um, use certain moves in battle. You've got to do a side quest involving that Pokemon. Now, no, you don't have to do all those things to get like a mastery seal, but you can. Um, and to, you know, master, you have to do some of it, which I think is very interesting. Um, but there are some drawbacks. I see. I, I think Pokemon is, is Legends is not without its drawbacks, but I'll save those for OLR coming up. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I watched you stream it a little bit, and uh, and and I've also like seen other because everybody's been posting on Twitter. My favorite ones are like the ones on Twitter where they come up against, uh, and I've seen enough that I can actually use this terminology. They've come up up against an alpha, which is one of the Pokemon with red eyes uh, that then just like totally destroys them. 
And that's not something you usually see in a Pokemon game is you don't usually see the Pokemon attack the people. That is something that a lot of people have noted about this game is this is the first time that the Pokemon really feel threatening because they do like they are willing to fight you, not just the alphas, even regular silly old Psyducks will aggro you if you uh, get in their way. And if you're not careful and, you know, maybe don't have a grass type to take them on or something that can beat them up, uh, you, you may be maybe in trouble. But, yeah, those alphas are definitely no joke. And there's there's alphas in the first area, but you can also catch those alphas and then you get them on your so I have an Alpha Starly, um, which is now evolved into Staravia or whatever it's called. Mm. Uh, so it's it's kind of fun to turn the tables and get them on your team. Yeah. So uh, well, I'm glad that I'm glad that you're enjoying it, and it seems like a lot of people a lot of people are enjoying it. Other people are. It, it's whenever you do something different. I think that like when you change up the formula, people are like, "Well, I don't I don't like how they changed up the formula. I don't I, you yeah. know." But then they also complain that we don't ever see anything new, and the games are exactly like the ones before. And so yeah. it's it's good. It's, I actually kind of like the fact that Nintendo's kind of done both. Like they've done the Sword and Shield yeah. that had kind of the same formula with a few bells and whistles added, and then they've done this. That's like a complete departure for, for well, not a complete departure because once you get in there, it's still a turn based battle between Pokemon, but it's still a departure in in your thinking. Because even E three VL is saying there's no gyms or Elite Four or anything like that. Uh, you know, yeah, they're, no, they're, but there's kind of an equivalent. Yeah. Without spoiling. Yeah. So, and Breakman says, this isn't your grandma's Pokemon. And, and that's, that's, it, there are now people's grandmas that have well, played Pokemon. It, Probably more Breakman. importantly, it's not the Pokemon you remember from when you were 12. That's right. Which is really what it is for most people. Yeah. So, um, something to think about with that as well. This is by far the, the, third series or whatever I, i'd rather see them work on in the future than a new let's go game i think let's go was too reductive um yeah. of the uh mainline series and they're already doing those remakes and quite honestly brilliant diamond shining pearl didn't really land for me um the same way the sword and shield did but or and certainly not as much as this one has i've probably already put more hours in legends than i have brilliant diamond shining pearl so something to think about all right uh, so what else are you going to be talking about on OLR tonight now that there's more than one news story that happened? Well, let's, is- talk about, let's talk about Atari celebrating 50 years of business with one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. I mean, very on brand uh, for Atari in the last 20 or so of those years, but we'll talk a little bit about that. Oh, uh, since we've talked a bit about Game Pass, which, by the way, I also played Taiko no Tachujin, but I'll save that for OLR. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about Netflix? And what they're doing, uh, they're going to be adding some more games. So we'll talk about right. that as well. And uh, an update on the union efforts at ABK and uh, where that is moved, because there was some movement on that, um, both kind of a mixed bag of news uh, on that this week. So we'll talk about that all on o- and much, much more all on OLR up next. And uh, the, the break man just says Atari died years ago. This Atari is undead. And Questbuster says zombie Atari. And if you want to know what zombie Atari did, Orange Lounge Radio up next. Thanks so much, mm-hmm. Rob. Zombies can be cool though. Look at Dead Rising. Like, yeah, this, this, this is just this is just dumpster fire. Atari. There are also uncool zombies, and they're the ones yes, that are at Atari. There's uncool zombies. Yeah. All right. Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, Twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. And as of right now, I will also be here in two weeks. Uh, because I will have no social obligations uh, like I used to uh, in the before times. Uh, I do like being with people. I don't necessarily watch what's on TV that night. But 
uh, because of what's going on. We're not doing that. So guess what? I'm going to spend that Sunday night here with y'all who probably don't care about what's on TV tonight. The Breakman, I understand. If you are not here, you please go enjoy yourself, hopefully, uh, in two weeks. I wish you the best of luck uh, in two weeks. But uh, And so we'll see you, the, we'll see you in next week, and we'll see you in three weeks. How about that? Uh, so, uh, yeah, so come join us there. Or you can be on our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord, and uh, interact with the show during the week there. Uh, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet, but we would not be able to make this work, uh, this all this work, without the uh, support of the chatters uh, who have gone generously gone above and beyond. Remember, at the beginning, I told you we had a hype train right at the beginning of the show. Uh, so I do want to thank Tiger Claw, who resubscribed, Rob Roberts, who resubscribed, Pele Hanamea, who resubscribed, and that triggered the hype train. Those three events triggered a hype train where people got emotes. Uh, for participating in the type train. Uh, so Pod Culture gifted a tier one sub to Matt Cube. Thank you so much for that. Sean322 cheered 100 bits. Mike Depp cheered three, 100 bits. So we have 100 bits from them. Sean322 cheered another 100 bits. Thank you so much for that. Uh, S. Jared Matt cheered 100 bits. Thank you for that. Rob Roberts gave all the bits he had left, all 150 bits. Uh, and then after the hype train, Loki resubscribed. Thank you so much. And Ikuma JP. Uh, who hopefully understands that I do not actually consider myself an expert on Japan. I was saying that very sarcastically. Did cheer 100 bits at the end of the show. And our hype train concluded at level two. Uh, The community contributed a total of four sub gifts and 550 bits during the hype train. Thank you so much for that. Uh, It's really, really appreciated. Uh, So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to hit the button and I'm going to get out of here. And uh, I'll see you guys, uh, see all of y'all next week. And I got nothing else. I'm ex- I'm happy about your generosity. Thank you. See ya. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network. People who need to hire new voiceover guys or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.